with Steve Vines. G'day, how are you? Well, you know, I, I'm, of course, much, much better after having heard the policy address. Yeah. And I'm even better because it seems that Carrie Lamb has done something good. Oh, which yeah. is end torture by policy address. <laughs> I know, brilliant. Now, those previous <laughs> policy addresses went on for weeks. I may, I may be exaggerating. Experts tell me it was only hours. But you know what it's like? When you're under torture, you lose all sense of time. Yeah. And sometimes in the past, when I've listened to those policy addresses, I have really lost the will to live. With the Shakespearean delivery that he had? <laughs> yes. Shakespearean delivery, that, that no. sort of marvellous civil service prose, you know. No, no adjective too small to be punctuated. You know what's funny? You cannot sit here this morning and do your usual nonsense of Belt and Road, Belt and Road. Yes, you yes. can't do that. I know, I know. I do feel deprived and can I officially complain? Because um, you know, when CY was making these and incidentally, here's a tip for mm. anybody who ever wants to be a chief executive of Hong Kong make absolutely sure that you have CY as your predecessor because more <laughs> or less anything you do is going to look good. Alright then, first, first sensible question of the day. For various reasons, unbeknownst to any of us, Steve has actually had to read the full one. So yeah. my first question is, is there much of a difference with the intent and the meaning from the Richard Wagner version to the Janet and John version. <laughs> Actually, the Janet and John version, and the listener may want to know what that is, it means the shorter one, <laughs> um, the Janet and John version is, is, is pretty good. Um, in the sense pictures. that, it, it, yeah, I, it was sort of lack of pictures. I did did worry about that, and there wasn't a PowerPoint presentation. But other than that, no, it does it does get out the main points. And I suppose now we need to actually look at the <laughs> what's called the substance. So first of all, we we deal with what's not there. What's not there is anything on political reform. What's not there is anything on the reenactment or, or the reintroduction of anti-subversion legislation. Is that good? Um, well, I'm not sure it is that good yeah, because right. it's the elephant in the room. Now, Carrie Lam, after the address, said, oh, well, you know, it's not there because she's waiting for a suitable atmosphere. Hmm, what does that mean? Because she's already told us that Hong Kong is more harmonious than sliced bread. So if Hong Kong is more harmonious than sliced bread, surely there is a suitable atmosphere. I think that the reality is that, that she's under very tight political orders. I mean, she had to start out a speech with reference to, to the wonders of Xi Jinping. She's acutely aware that the 19th Party, Communist Party Congress is about to take place, in fact, next week. Mm. And I think the orders went down. In fact, I'm pretty damn sure the order went down. Look, leave out that stuff, because anything... Anything that spoils the mood of the party's party is not to be tolerated. There's got to be a thing that... I don't know what the, the, the name for this thing is. When something is explained as an explanation for something that's totally nothing to do with the problem in the first place. So when the people in LegCo start being nice, the people in LegCo in those four square walls start being nice and don't go boo or hiss or whatever they do, then we'll talk... But it's chalk and oranges. Well, she didn't quite say that, but, I know, but it, yeah, tracing. I mean, that, that could have been it. Of course, they're, they're dealing with those um, distance in Legco by disqualifying them. There's six out so far, so that's good. They're, 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 they're shrinking the numbers by other means. But, um, you know, honestly, it, 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 this cannot be ducked forever. Something will have to be done. I assume, as I say, that because the Party Congress is just about to 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 thrill us all when it opens in yeah. in Beijing with all the unpredictable things that are going to happen at it, gosh, no such thing as a script there, I can tell you. People are sitting at home as we speak thinking, oh, how shall I vote on that? Anyway, um, because all that's happening, I assume that's why we didn't hear anything on that. But what we did hear on, what we did hear about, I should say, we've got 
things for the people in business, they're going to get tax breaks. We've got aspirant middle-class homeowners, they're going to get more homes. This is all good. This isn't being sarky, right? Well, okay, it's being it a might bit be. Sarky. It yeah. might be. Actually, I'm not. I, I, I do believe in the homeownership scheme. The problem is that 20% of the population of Hong Kong, 1.34 billion people, live in poverty. And I don't believe I saw much in that address that is doing anything to alleviate this very enormous problem. You know, public housing, which is essential for people at the bottom of the scale, obviously isn't going to be built at all, if or, or if it is, in very small quantities. I mean, those people aren't going to go out and buy home ownership schemes, uh, flats. It's, so, not, it's not particularly cheap, by the way. Well, there is that. And, and, of course, the repayment levels are going to get more expensive because, as everybody knows, this era of very low interest rates cannot possibly survive for that much longer. So, as you say, it's not that cheap. It's, it's really for people on the verge of being middle class who are going to be able to afford it. I, you know, I'm a homeowner myself. I understand why people want to own their own <coughs> homes. I do get that. But they do it as an either-or. This is always what bureaucrats do. They say you can have home ownership, but you can't have public housing. Is the problem here, like going into a record shop and we look in the jazz section, we look in the classical section, yeah. we look in the new age section, you have to fit into one of these middle class. It's such a nasty thing to say if you think and, it and through. And, you know, you take that record shop... And poverty uh, as well. You take that record shop analogy why can't you like like jazz and and, and classical oh, music yeah, okay you're good yeah, yeah, no, you're... No, but i mean it's it, it's quite an interesting idea we talk about that everything is linear you can only do mm. this you can't do that we talk about a poverty line where is this line it's a big blinking line well it's the, i'm talking about the government's own figures this isn't made up by me Christ, no, I don't think made up by me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, once you categorize, once you start, ge- they're dismissive categorizations. Yeah. They're very general. But oh, I mean, it, it, it is to do with with earning levels. I mean, these are people who, according to a recent Council of so- Social Service study, on average, are spending get this fifteen dollars on a meal. Well, we all live in Hong Kong. You know what fifteen dollars buys you for a whole meal? Not very much is so, the answer. It's almost like we don't talk about those. It's people. something that's not talked about. So I don't see that there was really much in them in there for them. I mean, I do like one of the things she did, which is this pledge of zero wasting time, zero waiting time for um, preschool children who have problems like autism and that sort of thing and also zero waiting time for elderly people waiting for home care i mean those things are very important i was really pleased to see that in in the policy address but you know there's something about carrie lamb and there's something about all these sort of born again bureaucrats who who so-called become politicians is they think no problem too small to be fixed by a committee so she's saying you know there's this problem with youth the, the young people aren't you know blah 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 i tell you what we're going to put them on committees. The problem with youth, Steve, is that youth just doesn't agree with these yes, guys. That's, that's the not problem. A problem. But but the fix that's just the, a fact. The fix, as <laughs> stated by Carrie Lamb yesterday, is that fifteen percent of these consultative committees in future will have young people on them. I don't think that's a fix. I mean, first of all, you know who they're going to be. You know exactly who they're going to be. They're going to people be the whose same, names rhyme with Bolden uh, or, or, or or people who who are dab hands. That's a reference Young to the DAB. Yeah. Um, so you know who they're going to be, and it's it's always the same Mickey Mouse circus of of, of uh, flag wavers and sycophants and office seekers who who go onto these committees. I mean that that ain't no solution. That's a that's what I call deepening the problem. Yeah. But you know, hey ho.
that's going to be happening and then you've got in here and again this is this, this is you can take the bureaucrat out of the bureaucracy but you can't take the mind out of the bureaucrat so then you've got the the application of solutions to make hong kong more dynamically high tech well of course there'll be a committee for that what do, again if, again steve what do we mean by it's like we've got a ball of something here and this ball of stuff is called innovation this yeah. ball of stuff is called high tech well, I, what do you mean yeah well I, I don't ask me i don't know what it means all i know is that that the the solution um which is contained in here is there'll be a fund for this and a fund for that the problem with all these funds are that you then go into the bureaucratic machine to apply for these funds people who've got good ideas are then spending half of their time dealing with the bureaucracy mm. trying to get funding even if you've got funding they then say to you oh, you've got to go and sit in the science park because we've proved we've got to prove to people that building these big structures is somehow worthwhile so the whole thing instead of actually enhancing creativity encouraging people to get out there and get things done is is submerged in this massive bureaucratic nonsense and all those schemes she announced you can be pretty damn sure are going to go in one direction because they're the same sort of schemes that have been announced previously and they've all gone <laughs> i mean no way you know unless you're richard lee and you build something called cyberport and turn it into a luxury property development there's not really anybody who's going to benefit from this i mean i'm pleased richard's benefited because i spend my waking hours wondering whether richard lee is going to get richer or not and it's always a matter of great concern as it is to the listener i think one of the reasons there's a squillion trillion whatever it is rupees in the bank is that i mean what happened to the mega events fund what happened to the one about doing local domestic helpers that didn't get touched yeah, never got, never so got of course there's lots of money yeah, in the yeah. pot because yes. it's not been spent yes uh, well and of course it's not being spent on things like creating a universal pension scheme which would be a really big step what's the biggie against that from some people do because it's it's the a, it's argument a the thing. argument which is which is aggressively stupid but I'll, I'll state it just so it's on the record is that oh well the rich and the poor benefit equally and you don't need to give money to the rich what they don't get the people who, who completely mindlessly utter this argument is the whole point of a pension scheme is precisely because it benefits the rich and the poor so that everybody has a stake in it so that even if you're a squillionaire and and you get a small amount of money when you're elderly you've got a stake in that system and you will contribute ah, to so it so yes yes that's yes. the whole that's democracy point. though that, you say. And that's, oh, that's really. a democratic thing <clears throat> can we not mention that you can see why people don't agree with that i mean this is a thing all over the world well the rich you know they don't need to pay this etc you, but know, that, but you were talking about maggie before we started and think about her daft and she was such a brilliant woman in so many ways her flawed thinking about the poll tax yes well the poll, yes it's a very similar attitude i mean there is still in hong kong this lurking idea that we've got undeserving poor and very deserving rich so we have to have policies that reward the deserving rich and the undeserving poor are undeserving it's their own bad luck so they can go and do whatever it is people do when they do something now, off this would have been all very well and good but let's wind back a few minutes when you were talking about people who really really are extremely penniless yeah and this is the point i mean usually what you get in the policy address and all credit for, to Carrie for not doing this is these shamelessly cheap one-off payments. You know, we're going to we're going to hand out four thousand dollars or whatever the sum is to this and that person, and then see you. those yeah. were those were terrible schemes. Donald Jung loved this. Um, CY tried it once, 
It, it, these are terrible ways of allocating. He got allocating. one of those, didn't he? He did, he, he did. And he apparently got a payment of slightly more than $4,000. But anyway, we won't go into that because that's the subject of another case. Um, but the fact of the matter is that this is a terrible way of alleviating yeah. poverty. One-off payments, just just a terrible and there are shocking waste of public money because it costs billions and billions but she hasn't done that she hasn't done that so all credit to her for that i'm i'm great but you know she started out let's just go back to the other subject she started out talking about hong kong's core values Mm -hmm. freedom of the press this is what she said um respect for human rights freedom of expression that came on the day well i was going to say that (laughs) came on the day that it was revealed that benedict rogers who's uh a human rights activist associated with Britain's um, Conservative Party, not a very radical organisation. In fact, as matters stand, barely an organisation at all. It seems to be collapsing as we watch it, but never mind. Um, it came on the day when it was um, revealed that he'd been refused entry to the Hong Kong SAR for unknown reasons. Well, they're not unknown reasons. The reasons are simple. He is somebody who has spoken up on behalf of the imprisoned um, pro-democracy students he he has questioned one country two systems in public and so you know if you if you're going to say that you respect hong kong's core values and on the very same day (laughs) you 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 stop people entering hong kong and i can't tell you how worrying this is because it's a new development hong kong doesn't have a history for stopping a bit well it's going a bit any any um rotten dictatorship you can think of does this all the time um i can cite all sorts of places that 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 routinely bar people from coming in on the grounds of national security but it's actually on the grounds of national disagreements Mm -hmm. so you know you can't say you have a commitment to these core values and then go well yeah yeah yeah, except for so and so oh um, oh oh, that one as well oh no wait a minute that one as well i mean you know a universal principle the key is in the word universal. I want to read you something because Go then we got the we got the obvious um, Edwardian English reply from the immigration department yes. that goes like this: In handling each immigration case, the MD will, having regard to the individual circumstances, decide whether the entry will be allowed in accordance with the Hong Kong law and prevailing immigration policies. Staff have all along been discharging duties according to prevailing procedures in a professional and impartial manner, Sir Humphrey. Thank you. Uh, there's no reference to section 101064. <laughs> Why not? Um, I want to know. I, I tell you one thing, though. If anybody listening is into all that sort of PRE stuff, yeah. you don't use acronyms, do you? No, you don't. And, the and, ICMD. Yeah, but, you know, it's what we say, you know, the aforesaid and the aforementioned uh, regulation, which implies, and hitherto has not implied But it's nice to know else. that the staff at the immigration department have all along been discharging. I, I'm pleased to hear that, because I was worried about that. I saw Blake at the immigration You're office. I didn't see him discharge a single thing. Brilliant. Okay. I don't know why. So this was a rather nasty coincidence. It was a very oh, nasty coincidence. It? Well, I think it was, to be yeah, fair. Because right. um, <laughs> the timing was, was dictated by Mr Rogers, not, not Ms Lamb. Yeah. And anyway... But, I, I mean, it's interesting, because now Hong Kong goes into the international arena in that quite, quite, quite big galaxy of the world where people are banned from going into a country simply not, not for taking any violent action, there's no suggestion of that, but simply for disagreeing yes, with course. the prevailing policy. This is not the kind of global publicity that Hong Kong needs. Even that buffoon 
um, Boris Johnson, who apparently is the British Foreign Secretary, has been moved to raise his voice on this matter. So, you know, it's it's a bad day for Hong Kong. Another. I, I, I'm <laughs> hoping that Carrie Lam will listen to her own speech, talk about core values and hold them. It's 20 minutes to 11, still in with Steve Hines. We want to turn the page now and firstly go to an email from Pete Lee. Thanks for writing. Yeah, he says, since the exhortations of the pro-establishment camp fell miserably to persuade Hong Kong football fans not to boo the national anthem on Tuesday, I was somewhat surprised that Anson Chan joined the debate yesterday. Normally she speaks a bit of sense, brackets, I think. But her suggestion was that Hong Kong fans should find other ways to protest well, which ways? If you sit peacefully in Central, you end up in prison. Protests at the gates of Tamar, prison. Watch so-called riots in Hong Kong, prison. You can voice your protest in the ballot box, but the government is busy overturning the results they don't like. So what's left? Writing letters to Benedict Rogers, that's the guy who was uh, turned away from Hong Kong. Um, still, there is a silver lining. <laughs> this is, I like this end bit. Still... There is a silver lining. The Hong Kong FA is the only football association in the world to be fined by FIFA. Twice so far, because fans booed their own national anthem. As you know, they usually get fined for booing the other bloke's national anthem. It's brilliant. And he says, as, goal he, he says, he uh, says, uh, a last line: Hong Kong loves to be first. Well, hey. He's got a point there. It is a first. It's probably never happened anywhere before. No, or apparently or, not. So, I, 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 I must mean, say, because in other countries they get sh- shot or yeah, the they, right they, there, is that, come in. There, there is that shooting thing which puts people off, and it's funny how it does. But it is interesting how the sports field has, um, not for the first time, I mean, people keep overlooking this, has become a place of political activism. I mean, you, you look at what's happening in the United States, where um, a lot of these... Um, uh, NBA players, National Basketball Association yeah. players, uh, are so-called bending the knee in protest against the policies that seem to be disrespectful to people, black people. You know, they're part in, in effect, of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, and they're they're saying, you know, we'll be respectful to the national anthem, but we want to make the point that it's it's really not working, um, and they're taking their protests to to. To the playing field in um days gone by there were many uh people who um protested about um uh sorry anything I, I just, anything well you know there was apartheid in south africa you remember all yes, those yes, protests yes. around that so you know it's not this this sort of bizarre idea that sport is somehow you know some special sacred place where you, you you're not part of society you're part of a little hermetically sealed world mm. in which balls fly around in fact i think in the case of the americans we're talking about football not basketball but hey what do i know i'm not i'm not an american Potato, potato. <laughs> um, but anyway the fact of the matter is it tends to involve balls yeah. of some description ironically ironically and um and it's and, ironic and that it's the hong kong fa it's the hong kong <laughs> FA. i thought you were talking about them before the news yes 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 make of that what you will yeah um but you know i mean the problem is really not that they're well i suppose there is a problem they're booing the national anthem but you know why do they do it why is there such a feeling of discontent why do people not identify with the with, with the with the um five star red flag why do people not enthusiastically want to stand up and belt out the march of the volunteers well, quite the opposite isn't quite it? quite the opposite so you know i mean 
there is a deeper problem here and just flapping your arms around and going oh I, 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 arrest them lock them up well you know good luck with that because all you do is you make more people want to join these protests what do you think about this whole notion of national anthems anyway i mean a lot of countries in the world people will proudly you, you play a national anthem in fiji boing them on their feet they love it yeah these guys are doing it because they've been told to. Yeah, I mean, this is the whole point about identification with the nation. Unless it's voluntary and unless it's genuinely enthusiastic, there's no point to it. There really isn't. I mean, you know, I come from a country where people do mock the national anthem. They do make fun of the Union flag. Um, They do act disrespectfully towards the monarchy. But that doesn't mean they don't like the country. Honestly, it means that you live in a society where people understand that that give and take a bit of a relaxation is perfectly in order because at the end of the day you know if britain gets into problems and (laughs) we'll see that coming on with 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 increasing force that the overwhelming majority of the population will rally around the flag i think you'll find well possibly that these guys who are booing the 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 chinese national anthem they too is they'll tell you it's not about the country it's the communist party yes So here is a problem. You know, we've got this semi-autonomous region, which Hong Kong is supposed to be, or the city, as it's called in newspapers nowadays. It's actually called the SAR in the basic law. Look it up. Um, Well, that's just to belittle Hong Kong. But, you know, if you keep belittling Hong Kong, calling it a city, not a region, if you keep telling Hong Kong that it's subservient to a one-party state, I'm not that surprised that you get protests at football matches and elsewhere. And if your response to those protests is simply to say well we've got to find ways of locking these people up we've got to find ways of um conducting football in hong kong without the fans there but locking people up is is what started huge paradigm shifting world changes in the past well you look what's happened in 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 catalonia where um in 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 spain where it's almost certain that a majority of the population weren't really that keen on independence but all you need to do is get out the guardia civil and these people and start bashing people on the head the mood changes quite quickly i think the the central government in madrid has done more to support the catalonian um nationalist movement than than the people in in catalonia itself yeah all right then quickie from colin on our facebook page he says change the ic packets from red to union jack fly the union jack he says or as billy Connolly suggested hum to the tune of the archers <laughs> well done colin i think he's going a bit far yes have we got time for one little other observation colin's not in hong kong no no <laughs> you've got you've got loads of time do oh you okay think? no no i was just i was just going to say did, well, well on this one that um there is of course a fix and that one of the fixes particularly for the leaders of hong kong to you know show more respect for hong kong to understand that in the basic law this is an autonomous special region and you know cease being embarrassed about that i think a lot of people if they thought that the leaders of the place were actually standing up for hong kong people they'd be less inclined to turn up at football matches and boo the national anthem you've just reminded me possibly which really aggravates this that whole thing with john jung and cy lung saying who supported who yes well that Yes, well, sh- should we just remind the listener what that was? So, I mean, when when Lung was asked whether he supported the Hong Kong football team, uh, he, he couldn't give an answer. I mean, that is just mind-bogglingly awful. The idea that you are the, the chief executive of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region and you can't actually bring yourself to support the local football team... In a game. Yeah. 
I mean, John Chang, of course, piled in there and 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 and, and for, you know polished his credentials as a Hong Kong football supporter big time. And you know why wouldn't you? It was an open goal by CY. <laughs> but you know, in in, in Britain, you, you had that marvelous thing where where the Prime Minister uh, David Cameron, as was, was asked which football team he supported, and of course he doesn't. He's he's a posh bloke. He hasn't been to a football game ever in his Rugby. life. Yeah. And, and you know, at Heaton they don't play football. Um, so he he. He, he was so enthusiastic to, to, to demonstrate his support for the local football team that he got the name wrong. <laughs> but yeah, that's the other thing. Politicians and football, boy, there's a heady mixture. But it does open the door to what sport does represent. It does. I mean, look at and, the Olympics. That, whoa, yeah. and, what a know, history. And, and, it's, and, it's, it, and it is... A, you know, it is a means of identification, but people won't identify with things they don't like. I'm sorry, that's how it works. Colin says, no worse, I'm in Singapore. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, behave, that's all I can say to Colin. <laughs> well done, keep them coming. If you want to put any comments up for Steve, it's just go to our Morning Brew Facebook page. We've got time for a couple more bits. Well, we, we could talk about one of my favourite Hong Kong government initiatives, one of the most successful, and one of the ones that on this very programme Bingo. was predicted to be a complete Lulu and see how it's turned out. I am, of course, talking about food trucks. So we now see that um, there were 16 originally. Um, there, was, there were two that were supposed to be... Uh, out of the 16, three have now closed. The latest one to close is, is something called Creative Yummy. You might have thought of the name like that. It so closed so, so they've earlier. lost $800,000, but I think they should have been fined $800,000 for having the name. a name Creative yeah. Yummy. Creative Yummy is, is, is more than unfortunate, if you ask me, but I, I'm sorry for the bloke who operated it because he's obviously lost a lot of money. And one of the reasons he's lost a lot of money is because he had to follow the ludicrous regulations which have accompanied this scheme. Now, they say this is a way of getting individual entrepreneurs onto the streets with a product that everybody loves, right. and then they get the bureaucracy working. And one of the things he pointed out was the bureaucracy said, you know, these are supposed to be self-standing little food outlets. But the bureaucracy, because it's the bureaucracy, said, oh, no, 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 no. When we say self-standing uh, food outlet, you've got to have a backup food factory to provide the um, backup. And, you know, he's going, well, how can I afford that and the rent and being shoved around from place to place? It don't work. Yeah. Now, this is an individual guy. He's not part of a big company. He's just lost his money. It's so this a is this is a, a, like kosher. This one, there's no. Mm, apparently not. You know I, what I'm I, saying? I don't know. I mean, I don't know the individual. He, he, involved, he is the kind of bloke it should be, basically. It should be. So, so they've lost three out of sixteen. So we're coming perilously close to them having lost a quarter of the original entrance who went into a food competition. I love that. The po-faced bureaucrats sitting there watching them cooking food and going, Eating food and not declaring it. Not, not declaring, declaring that it. They've had ooh, these freebies. Yes. Is that, is that food um, sort of strictly under section 107 or 777 stroke 2? Yeah. Um, and you've got the two who dropped out who actually got the licences. It's been a great success. 